0: It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. This week, a little something different. I'm going over the hit list of news stories, but especially the news and Democratic Party rewriting of COVID history right before our eyes. Things are now being reported that conservatives and other people who have really rethought the whole COVID pandemic have been saying for months and indeed over a year, well over a year, and they got canceled for it. And they got removed from polite society and tax dollars were used to defame them. This is serious, and it's happening in real time. Hope you're paying attention. So I'm kicking around stuff with my old friend, Mark Griffith. Before we get into it, here's a word from our adult in the room podcast sponsor.
1: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology.
0: Mark Griffith, welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast. You're fun, you're funny, your tech skill set, not so great, probably less than mine, which is really saying something. And I've been a guest on your radio show in the past. You've granted me an audience with you on my podcast. Now, I wanted to go over a few news items of interest that I thought we could discuss and kick around a little bit today. So, first, however... Tell people who you are. Have you got a couple of couple of sentences in here uh, to tell us what who you're who you are, what you're
1: about? Well, let's start with the most important thing. My preferred pronouns are either your Majesty or my Lord. I was going to go with my liege, but I thought that was pretentious. Really? So I let people decide whether they want to say my Lord or your Majesty, because I see myself as royalty. Uh I identify that way. I see. So I'm 61 years old. I grew up in Oklahoma. I've been in Colorado for 40 something years since I got out of college. Uh, I've done a lot of different things. I just bought a spade truck. I live on some acreage outside of Denver. So I'm going to be selling some trees that I've grown over the years. Oh. Um, But I've sold cars. I've had a radio show. I don't have the show anymore. The lockdowns kind of Squeezed off all my sponsors, but uh, I'm married to the same woman for ever, and uh, we're happy about a third of the time. And you can <laughs> guess which third that is.
0: So, well, uh, my pronouns are she, Rivai, and Shattered Cheese. I just identify as someone who likes to eat lots of red meat, although I shouldn't as much. And kale, perhaps kale. Well, Mm. let's get into it, shall we? Yep. FOIA requested emails obtained by the New York Post confirm that the National School Board Association was asked by the Education Secretary to please come up with some scary-sounding stories using the words domestic terrorism so that Merrick Garland could uh, employ his henchmen at the FBI to come and get them and uh, uh, invoke the Patriot Act to get them, shut them down, and shut them up.
1: Thank you, George W. Bush. Um, so the DOJ is going to form an actual domestic terrorism task force that that's going to be tasked for putting into practice so the school board thing is connected to the january 6th thing the january january 6th thing was the pretext which i think is anybody paying attention knew i, I knew within several days if not a couple of days that january 6th was a false flag operation it was a Reichstag fire incident totally planned by the feds in conjunction with Pelosi. I even believe that there are a few Republicans that were in on it. It's one of the reasons why you're not seeing hardly any Republican lawmakers come to the defense of those people who are being tortured in those federal uh, prison facilities in Mm -hmm. D.C. Interesting. Everybody's laying low. Uh, I don't know what all their motivations are, but um, I know that most politicians, their worst nightmare, their worst fear is to have Donald Trump return to the White House. Why is why is that? Because he's such a disruptor. He he doesn't play by the rules. Uh, their rules, I mean. I don't mean that he breaks the law, but he he just came into Washington and was not going to. I mean, just the way he talks back to reporters. That was so refreshing. That's why we love him. That's one of the reasons we kind of sort of like Ted. And Rand Paul is they kind of don't accept the narrative of the reporter. Yeah. Like, But most, repu- you know, Mitt Romney's a perfect example. They basically called him Hitler, and he wants to be their friend now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just they didn't basically, they did call him Hitler. They compared him to Hitler. And most politicians are like They called him a that. murderer. Yes. Remember when, mean, his, it was, yes. when his
0: uh, employee had some uh, insurance Fresh issue, cancer. which mm-hmm. absolutely had nothing... To do with Mitt Romney whatsoever, and uh, they said that he was responsible for her death.
1: Well, he probably put her in a binder too. So.
0: Oh yeah, remember the binders? Now you hear binders all the time. Uh, very interesting. So you think that some in Republicans were in on it, huh?
1: Well, you, I mean, if they weren't in on it, they were aware of what was going on. You know, one of the things that's that I um, I saw this on Twitter or somewhere is. A lot of these lawmakers have said that January 6th was a day of terrorism. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, that may have been the most chaotic moment in those people's cloistered lives. These people are, for the most part, they all go to the same sorts of schools. Now, there's exceptions. But for the most part, these people are all lawyers. They've all been raised in a middle to upper middle class home, except for a few, and So they've they've lived very sheltered lives. I mean, I would say that the vast majority of the people in Congress wouldn't know which end of a gun to pick up. And so they've (laughs) never been to a shooting range. They've never been pheasant hunting. They've never been um, exposed to the rough and tumble of everyday life. And so for them, they were terrified on January 6th. Now, I have argued since day one that... I thought January 6th was on net a good thing because, first of all, they don't need a pretext for what they're doing. Now, they're using it as a pretext, but if they didn't have January 6th, they'd use something else. I give you yeah. the school oh, board yeah. issue. Yeah. OK. I school board. Now, the fact is, is that our L- Let me just pause you here.
0: Hold on a second. Sure. Because no. the, fir- the previous pretext was that Donald Trump was a Russian secret agent. Right. And so they tried to destroy his presidency and indeed his campaign because he was a Russian secret agent. And that was a false thing. It was a hoax story. It was something that they rolled out, got the media to buy into, the the uh national security um uh, all the triple uh alphabet agencies were all involved. They gave it breath, they gave it oxygen. They gave it everything. And all of a sudden, it was the biggest gaslighting thing I've seen since COVID. So they've had that. Then they went to the school board thing. And then of course, we have COVID. You know, you can't, uh, you can't help but have to lock down people and uh, do bad things to people and call them domestic terrorists. And they created something out of nothing with respect to the January 6th thing when they were letting, some people broke in. That was what horrified me.
1: Well, here's the thing. The people that broke in were feds and people working for the feds. Well, we don't know that for sure. Well, There's video out there that we've seen where um, people like Ray Epps, and other people, first of all, all these feds look alike. They wear the same clothing. They're all very trim, and they're young males. They tend to be 20 and 30 and 40-year-old males, No, not overweight. And so you can pick them out of a crowd. You've seen the meme on Twitter yes, and Facebook of, course. Mm-hmm. Of, the, of, of the January 6th reunion. By the way, <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, Babylon Bee has a great... January 6th reunion video that you have to watch. (laughs) It is hilarious. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. Oh, it is so... They go around interviewing people who came back to the Capitol for a reunion, and they're all basically feds, except for one... Except for one CNN reporter,
0: that 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 event that was a not an event, and where they got that iconic photograph of all the feds hanging around. No, no,
1: no. This is a this is a Babylon Bee deal. Uh, so it, it wasn't it's a real. A, yeah. It's a made up. It's a humorous oh. thing. But anyway, okay. I just recommend it. Babylon Bee just does great work. You know, the yeah, funny do. thing about the Bee lately is, the last five six years, they've had a hard time staying ahead of reality with uh, oh. satire because. Oh. Reality overruns their satire, and it's one of the reasons the Babylon Bee continually gets fact-checked by fact-checking places (laughs) is because their satire turns out to be reality within a few days. Yeah. So. Anyway, but yeah, I think that that they're they're working very hard to implement a police state. (laughs) Dennis Prager very wisely said, and I said it on my radio show in March of 2020, um, that. This lockdown thing is a it's a trial run for a police state and the next thing they're going to do I would almost argue certainly will be climate change. Now, <laughs> oh yes, sure that, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure that COVID has got some more iterations because we know COVID was man-made. We know it's a bioweapon released by the Chinese on the world. Now, whether it was actually sent, I think it was probably a test. I had a professor from the University of Pennsylvania. I'm not going to use his name because his wife's family gets harassed in China anytime he's mentioned in the public sphere. But he's married to a Chinese uh, lady And he's been to China over 50 times. He's been at the gates of the Wuhan uh, bio lab uh, on a number of occasions. And he told me in late January of 2020 on my radio show, and I almost choked on my tongue. He said, we know we're going to find out this didn't come out of a wet market, Mark. He said, sure, this came out of a bioweapon level four bio bioweapon lab. But I'm like, professor, you know, you can't be making those kind of assertions, he says. Just hear me out. And you know what? Within about three months, in April of 2020, uh, Tom Cotton is saying it on the floor of the Senate. He's called a nut, a conspiracy theorist. Sure. And now it's taken to it received wisdom. One of the things you asked me before we went on the air was, why do you think people are switching sides on COVID?
0: Yeah, we're going to get to
1: that. And and that's what they did. The One of the first ways they did that was with the origins of the uh, Wuhan flu. People who said it came from the lab were considered uh, Racists and bigots and yes. and uh, phobes and all this other stuff and and then one day a, a, a switch was flipped and boom everybody was like oh yeah of course it came out of a lab exactly what are you talking about?
0: that's a good right? that's a good point that was one of those things they did a switcheroo on let me list a few other things that they've done a, switcher, a switcheroo on mark uh, we have vaccines don't prevent transmission that's just been uttered recently by the head of the CDC something that we knew already. The asymptomatic don't spread the disease, something that has been the muddied message. um, And we don't, we've been told both things, you know, and or all this time. And it is.
1: We knew, we knew early in spring of 2020 that asymptomatic spread was BS. And here's how we knew is that in countries like Sweden that did not close their schools and we had. good numbers, we knew that there was zero transmission of kids who tested positive for COVID between them and their teachers or their parents. Kids were not passing it on to adults. Now, we didn't know if that was true with adults, but we came to find out that's true. Right. Um. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say about the... Well, they're, they're switching sides because they don't want to be caught with their pants down, so to speak. Yeah. They've been lying to us for two years, and now... Their lies are too obvious, so now they're just going to change their story and say, "Oh no, we never said it was uh, yes. would prevent transmission." It's the old,
0: it's the old Clinton rule of uh, saying that. Oh, going through, let's say what they did with Lois Lerner. She admitted something, right? She admitted, oh, you know, we've gone a little hard on some of the the groups that are more conservative leaning, and she she trickles that out at a news conference or a speech, and then. Uh, so that at a later point, they could say, well, you know, that's old news. We've already looked into that. Right, that's an old plan exactly. trick. Now, like, here's, let me give me a couple more numbers because yeah. I want you to riff on these as well. 75% of COVID deaths are in people with four or more comorbidities, something that we've been talking about for m- well over a year. Um, 40% of the people in hospitals did not come in for COVID. And when they were there, got tested because they test everyone. And in fact, now we find out that if they haven't been vaccinated within a certain short period of time, they are considered unvaccinated. This two is weeks. An, yeah, two weeks. We're, yes. So when they were tested, they test positive there and they are counted as a COVID hospitalization. Then finally, of the 836,000 deaths from COVID, the CDC has absolutely no idea or isn't telling anyone yet how many of those people died of COVID or with
1: COVID. Go. Right. We have the famous uh, motorcycle accident, the 19-year-old kid coming home from college on a motorcycle, and he unfortunately met a very, very uh, messy end with a truck, and they classified his death a COVID death. Um, That happened in the summer of 2020, and there's been dozens of other examples. Um, And they do this in such a way, the propaganda is so... Heavy. It's the the messaging is so complete that unless you know where to look, and also it's difficult unless you're like me. Now, listen. You you asked me by email how did I become to be so irascible? I don't remember, but when I was a child, I just remember that if everybody in the classroom wanted to paint the the trash cans in the parking lot blue, I wanted to paint them red. I I just I never wanted to go wrong with the crowd. Part of it was. I was never a cool kid. I was a kind of, I I wasn't an intellectual kid. I wasn't a jock. I wasn't good looking and I wasn't big. I had a high voice until I was in my thirties. And um, so I always went against the narrative. Now, obviously that gets you in trouble a lot of times, especially when you're young and dumb and you don't have any wisdom to know how to temper it. And you make a lot of enemies unnecessarily and get fired from a lot of jobs. But as you get older, it serves you very well because you learn that there's a lot of idiocy in mobs and fear is just, it's just been, it's been. Bring us
0: Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Yes.
1: It's so much. uh, It's so depressing to see the fear that people are just terrified of something that there's, there's great data on. I mean, that basically for kids, for people 20 and under that age cohort, there's about 70 million people in the U.S. between zero and 20. There's been about 700 deaths with COVID. That's a, that's a rounding error. I mean, that's a, a small number. And of those 700 people, almost none, almost none were healthy people they were people who had you know heart transplants as an infant or they had a liver transplant or they were on chemo or they were taking immunosuppression drugs because they had uh you know uh whatever some kind of cancer so these are people that by all rights would probably not make it to 25 anyway let me interject
0: let me interject let me interject the cdc's top comorbidities Cancer, chronic kidney disease, and not in the order of importance. Chronic liver disease, chronic lung disease, dementia, diabetes, Down syndrome, heart conditions, HIV, immunocompromised, mental health you conditions, the biggest one. overweight and obesity yeah. because it starts yeah, with know This is this is a, obviously alphabetized. Right. Pregna- That's the pregnancy, one. sickle cell, smoking, solid organ, blah blah. blah. It goes on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obesity. Right. is a I mean,
1: big one. The, the number one is obesity because. More people have it. So even if it's not the most serious, it's the one that has the most impact because so many Americans are obese.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm glad. And, and we're not videoing this. I just want to point out I'm very thin.
0: Uh, me too. Epidemiologist, mm-hmm. cardiologist, I'm lying. A cardiologist and clinician, Dr. I think it's Peter McCullough, right? Has testified mm-hmm. uh, co- at least a couple of times before lawmakers. 85% of the people who died. In this pandemic, did so needlessly because they were not advised by federal officials or allowed to have already approved medicines such yep. as antivirals, Z zinc, monoclonal antibodies that would have reduced their symptoms and prevented them from going to the hospital.
1: Right, and I mean the messaging is so strong. Listen, I have five kids, and I'm I'm so thankful they're all adults now, and <laughs> for the most part, give or take, they still share my wife and I's values. They still are are active in the church. They're Christians. Uh, They're all, um, unfortunately, college graduates. I've got one in the military. But my two oldest girls, my oldest daughter is a physician, and she hasn't spoke to me in about a year, a little more than a year, because I tried to give her information about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, about the vaccines, wow. the danger, and she said, "I can't listen to that because basically every doctor in Colorado—see, a lot of people don't know this—every doctor in Colorado that works for a major uh, healthcare uh, company, and most do. One of the right. insidious things about Obamacare was the, the worst thing was that consolidation." It It forced independent doctors who had a, let's say there was a doctor over here, he had a nurse practitioner, he had a PA, and he's just doing his own thing and got three or four nurses on staff and some medical staff. They were forced to go join Centura, or join Banner Health or join whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, those doctors that are all employees now that used to be independent uh, business people they got a letter from their employer saying, you may not prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin for this disease or you'll lose your job. The governor of Colorado notified every pharmacy in the state in April of 2020 and said, if you have a doctor that's prescribing hydroxychloroquine and that person is not traveling overseas and it's not for mal- malaria prevention, you to pre- report that doctor to the state and we will pull their medical license without any kind of a hearing. So every doctor, my own physician, who I, uh, I got COVID the first time back in December of 2020. And in the, in the fall, in the summer of 2020, I started sending her stuff from Yale School of Public Health, Harvey Risch, and all these other people that were bringing up this, you know, showing the hydroxychloroquine. And then later on, Ivermectin were saving lives all over the planet. And she knows I'm a, Extremely well-informed patient. So she takes me seriously. She read the information and emailed me back and says, Mark, that's really interesting, but I'm not going to put my job on the line to prescribe this stuff. She just basically said, I'm going to keep my head down. And my daughter did the same thing. Yes. It's, They're not it's caring scary. for patients.
0: Why are they no. not caring for patients?
1: Because the government, they, they'll lose their license. Yes. I mean, my daughter, I was only, yeah. she's only... And, but why why the, why
0: the widespread rule? Because... There's my, a my, narrative. My, here,
1: here's a reason. It's the same reason that when policemen in Denver in August of 2020 were were at a Back the Blue rally, there was a Back the Blue rally that was put on by a local radio host. And about 200 pro-police, uh, pro-Trump people were at this rally at Civic Center Plaza in downtown Denver. And there was about 200 cops in full SWAT gear. Uh, standing there watching and they were set upon by about 400 Antifa and Black Lives Matter people and they got the crap beat out of them. Michelle Malkin narrowly left with her life they got her in a car just before she was attacked and those policemen all stood there and watched it go down the reason because those policemen were told if you do anything to help these people you're going to lose your job those policemen have mortgages they got a couple of kids in college they got a car payment they can't afford to to buck the line. My daughter's got over $300,000 in uh, medical school debt. She can't risk that just to, to make a political point. Mm-hmm. So it it's, it's worse than it seems because the right. government has told our healthcare establishment, this is how you're going to or not going to treat this. This now, is called I've tyranny. Got, yes, I've stocked up on ivermectin. I've got all the meds I need here and I plan to help my... Family and uh, yep. friends when things go south, but I would encourage more of your listeners to explore your options for obtaining the necessary meds.
0: Agreed. We have them here at our house as well uh, from the compounding pharmacy. Um, here, let me tell you, the worm is turning yet again. Uh, we just talked about how all of the, the narratives have turned and been flipped, begun to be flipped by the official Washington position or the NIH and CDC. And here we have Jake Tapper discovering that there has been gambling at Ricks.
1: So I'm shocked. Uh, the hospitals are still stretched thin because of this. So I'm not trying to take away from that. But if 40% in some hospitals, 40% of the people who have COVID, don't necessarily have problematic COVID. They're there because they got a car accident. They get, they're there because, right. um, you know, they, they bumped their head. And they're being included as in the hospital with COVID. That number seems kind of misleading.
0: No. I mean, kind, yeah, of. Agree. Really? It's oh, kind of. Really? Sanjay me, Gupta starts doing a yeah, let song me, and let,
1: dance. Me, let me tell you another big fat one that they've been telling so this is a uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's oh. no, no longer the case. I I mean. did, uh, I'm going to be starting a substack here pretty soon, but I sent out a, a blast email to all my people that I stay in contact with yesterday. And it was uh, COVID numbers from the uh, province of Ontario, Canada. And it showed that approximately 65% of all people hospitalized because of COVID in Ontario in the last month are double vaxxed or, and or boosted. Yeah. In ICU, that number was 75%. Now, I've checked, in it, there's a few countries that are not uh, soiling their data. That's in right. In the United States, you cannot find this information because they do not give hospitalization status according to vaccination. Yeah, only in New York do they do that. Only in New York. Right. But, but if you look all over the world, the numbers are astoundingly similar. And you, Denmark, Germany, there's a few uh, Central European countries that are releasing data. And the numbers are all very similar. Double vaxxed and double vaxxed plus a booster are the vast majority of people who are now seriously ill with COVID. In fact, Alex Berenson makes a great point that it looks like the more shots you get, the higher your chance of getting COVID and getting it seriously. Soccer players, male soccer players in Europe, are dropping like flies from myocarditis. They can't hide it because in soccer, there's not a lot of timeouts and stoppages of play. So these players are just, you know, they got to run around for 45 minutes and then boom, drop they're, the, they're the healthiest people on the planet. Yeah. And here in America, in the New York Times this last Sunday, the New York freaking Times published a study where they said women's uh, menstrual cycles no, menstrual are cycles. being affected by this. Now, this is something that conservatives have known. I knew this in April of 2020. I knew that not, I'm sorry, not the April, but I knew as soon as they started talking about these vaccines in fall of 2020, I started reading reports how of things leaking out that they were causing myocarditis in males yes. under the age of 40, yes. and they were calling, causing all kind of fertility issues in females and of childhood And they age.
0: denied it, and they denied but, it and went and, about right. vaccinating women yeah. instead. Yeah.
1: But here's the thing. You've got to ask yourself. People ask me when I, when I told them about the New York Times, like, well, why would the New York Times say that? Here's why. And it relates to your switching jerseys at the end of the game analogy. Mm-hmm. They know that this stuff is going to come out. They can't. There's, there's too many. There's just too many thousands and thousands of cases where a vaccine adverse vaccine events. So they're trying to get out in front of it so they can shape the narrative. the, the what we talked about earlier is basically the. the We've played 58 minutes of football. There's two minutes left in the game. And we, the conservatives or amateurs, if you were, we've been bashing their heads in and we're up 65 to nothing. The experts like Fauci and Burks have been wrong, wrong, wrong. Now they realize the game is about up and they're going to put everything up on a big scoreboard. They're going to televise all the highlights. We better get on the right team. And by the way, I want to recommend... Which is what recently- pollsters
0: do. Pollsters do this every time before an election. They, they do wildly speculative, uh, aspirational polls. And then as you get closer to the election, they try to reckon their posts their polls a little bit more to reality and slowly it looks a little bit instead of hillary clinton having a 17 point lead she might have a mm, nine point lead kind of a thing right
1: right well i want to recommend that your uh listeners read a couple of books i read uh robert kennedy jr's book the real anthony fauci i mean unbelievable I, i have done some research beforehand because i hosted a podcast on him that the guy is literally guilty of mass murder. He murdered th- tens of thousands of AIDS patients in the '80s with uh, a, a uh, what was it called? Uh, AT, um, Atz. Atz. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, 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 yes.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah Atz. Yeah.
1: Some. Yeah. It, it was a disease, It was a drug that was worse than the, Ma- the, uh, Yeah. It was make It was disease. killing them. It was literally it was, like killing was, people well, with AIDS. It was, well, it was killing their kidneys. It was it was shutting their kidneys down. They basically, in order to keep these people who were, they were studying on ATZ, they had to run them through um, uh, what do you call it, dialysis every day before they had got their ATZ shot or whatever. Yeah. And and then he now he's doing the same thing with remdesivir. Remdesivir. I remember when remdesivir yes. came out in spring of 2020. I sent the I read the abstract, and I, the last sentence of the abstract said. Uh, Remdesivir has no effect on mortality from COVID, from the control group. And I'm like, what? No effect on mortality? Well, what's the big deal? Yeah, then why are they doing it? It shortens, here's the thing. If you live, it does not change the fact whether you're gonna live or not, but if you live, it shortens your average stay in the ICU from 15 to 11 days. So I said, this can't be right. I sent it off to a lady who is a professional researcher at some, I think Tufts University in Albany, New York. And she came back to me like a week later and said, and used profanity and says, holy, mm, she said, this stuff is useless against COVID yes. and they're pushing it. And you know what? They're still giving it to people right here in Colorado. I had a good friend who died from COVID about a week and a half ago. Oh, I'm and so sorry. She went, she went to the uh, hospital. I, I'm not close with her anymore. She and I were close 30 years ago when I was active in politics and and I heard about it, and she was in ICU on a velinator, and I said to her daughter, what are they giving? They're going to give her remdesivir. And I'm like, oh, well, she's a goner, because remdesivir actually has – it causes worse, more problems than it helps. It's a crime that people weren't prescribed ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I know. And I... Anthony Fauci is one of the primary um, that's reasons what, for that.
0: That's what Rand Paul was getting at in the con- – the, uh... Uh, colloquy they had during the Senate hearing. the other. Wait a minute. Day. Wait a minute.
1: Rand Paul has colic?
0: <laughs> You're very funny. Where he was talking about the fact that Fauci has been responsible for killing the other side's arguments and science. Yeah. Uh, because, and he took it personally. And don't you find it very interesting that Anthony Fauci said, you know, as Senator, every time we talk and you say that I'm lying or I have some problem, you have some problem with something I've done, I get death threats. And I'm thinking to myself, let's let's talk to someone who's actually been attacked not once, not twice, but three times by the left and almost died at uh, four yep. times. Four times. Um, You know, let's Rand Paul at the baseball field when Bernie Sanders supporter comes with a a Chinese uh, semi-automatic rifle and starts picking off Republicans. How about when he goes to the uh, party after the uh, election and he is beaten or he needs a he's he's roughed up? By Antifa. How about right. when his neighbor, for political reasons, attacks him yeah. and breaks bones in his collapses body, collapses a lung, collapses a lung, set, sends him to ICU because of his political beliefs? And there is well, one just, more incident that I'm forgetting.
1: Well, right. I just want to go back to Anthony Boucher, the book that by Robert Kitty Jr. I used to think he was a, a weirdo, and now everything in his book checks out. The guy—it's a very dense read. Uh, the I, listened on, I listened to it on. I listened to our audiobooks. It was but much, it is so, much better. The, the footnotes. There's, there's hundred, not hundreds, There's probably, probably a hundred pages of footnotes. I would wow. guess. The other book I read that was a much easier, it's a weekend read, a very easy read, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely essential. And that's Scott Atlas's book. Oh, I'm going to get that. Upon our house. Yeah. Um. And it, it, the the one of the things you're going to take away from that is just. How totally and completely corrupt Anthony fauci is I came, and Deborah Burks comes across as literally Sonia Sore mayor oh, in mental ability that's, that's she bad, is man. not bright that's bad, you know, man. and and it's just it's it is such an example of the Peter principle the scarf for queen. those of your younger yes for those of your younger uh, listeners The Peter Principle says that a person, an incompetent person in particular, will be promoted until they're promoted just beyond their ability to competently execute their job. Okay? (laughs) And you see it all the time in school administrations. The people who can't teach effectively get promoted into administration, right? Or they get promoted into the main administration building, where they're tasked with reinventing the the wheel on a curriculum every five years to justify their existence. Um, you see it in big corporations, in government all the time. Mm-hmm. The people who aren't competent to do the the rubber where the rubber meets the road jobs, they get promoted into management. Um, and now it's unfortunately come to our military. I have a son in the Army, and he, um, thank God, he's in the Special Forces, which is yet to be completely co-opted. But the rest of the Army, we went out at Labor Day to the fort where he's stationed, and you could not turn a, It was like going to a college campus. The The propaganda on diversity, equity, inclusion, mm. the BLM stuff, the the sexual harassment, I mean, it was like being at, at Harvard or, mm. or you know UMass. It was just weird, and and he he told me that uh, the special forces obviously are, they, they get accepted, but the rest <laughs> not, of the not base, if you Navy spend, Seal. It turns out they spend all their time on these uh, social justice stuff. And and just yesterday or the day before, the Navy announced that they're going to extend boot camp from six to eight weeks, so they can include two weeks of social justice training. Oh no to, way. Really? Yeah, you yeah. I did yeah. not hear that. No, they're going to do two weeks of of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, oh, uh, anti-harassment, white supremacy. And that's Navy boot camp. That's amazing. I, I mean, it's... Well... I mean, we're... I I don't want to say we're lost, but we're pretty much lost. Um,
0: now, let's go back to some of the COVID facts that they've now retrenched on. And one of the main ones, and we talked about the asymptomatic spread before, but in the Bay Area, California hospitals. Uh, this story comes out of the Bay Area, but all California hospitals have been uh, allowed a rule change to get People who are the folks who work in the hospitals, health care providers, to get them back in the hospital if they have COVID, if they're asymptomatic. Here we With go. highly contagious Omicron variant sending more people to Bay Area hospitals and across California. The state issued new guidelines Saturday in an effort to make sure there is enough staff to handle the increase. Healthcare workers testing positive for COVID no longer have to isolate or test negative and can return to work immediately if they're <laughs> asymptomatic. If they're asymptomatic. So Listen, let me, they've let been me get lying this straight. for
1: two years about asymptomatic spread. So let me get this straight. So if you refuse to get vaccinated and you don't have COVID, or or better yet, you have had COVID and recovered, so you have bulletproof immunity to COVID. You have broad-spectrum immunity to COVID, much better and much more long-lasting than any booster shot you're ever going to get. In fact, they're saying now that the boosters, I don't know if you heard this, but the CEO of Pfizer this week was in an interview mm-hmm. and he started downplaying the need for a fourth booster. Wonder why they would do that. Wonder why the CEO of Pfizer. Yeah, tell Pfizer me why. Said,
0: I just I saw that in passing. Tell me what what the end game
1: is but, on that. Because they are not going to be able to hide the side effects. They've been able to keep a lid on all these myocarditis, the 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 menstrual problems, all the other. There's been deaths from these things. Now they're not going to be able to hide it. So it's one thing. To take a jab for something that doesn't do anything, okay, you still get COVID, people are going to go, okay, I mean, I've got a daughter, my number two daughter lives in Chicago, you can't live a a life without getting the jab, she's been double jabbed. she just had a nasty bout of COVID, Oh, and she can't wait to get a booster, and I'm like, OMG, what is wrong with you? You know, but she's suffering from mass form- form- formation, or formation, formation, psychosis, psychosis. <laughs> but but she really is. I mean, it's really a thing, but, but the yeah, reason that the, the CEO of Pfizer would come out is because it's one thing to take a shot, have no ill effects and still get the, the disease you're supposed to be protected from. But on the other hand, if people start finding out that they've been injuring their children permanently in some way. Mm-hmm. They're going to be pissed as hell. Well, they're and, not going to put up with that. And
0: the, the 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 backstory of why they are pushing vaccinations for children who have no, almost zero point zero zero, and then you start getting into low numbers, right. a chance of dying from COVID is because the incentive to do so has to do with getting legal liability exemptions for the entire line of COVID medications or vaccines, if you want to call them that, in the future. For example, Pfizer is the only approved vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine that has been approved by the FDA is not available yet. So everything is still emergency authorized use. However, they're setting the the ducks in their in order so that they can get legal liability exemption for the final product when it's later rolled out and the only way they can do that is to get children vaccinated and used as part of the protocol for the schools why i don't understand why they are doing that i know the financial reasons but i don't understand why everyone is going along with this let me let me tell
1: you i i have some thoughts on this the way you know lennon famously said give me uh, give me the, the children children to educate or for the schools or whatever and i'll have society if they can convince young families and i know several who have jabbed their kids as young as 5 years of age i do not understand it the numbers are so stark i did just for my own family i did the math because my youngest daughter's 23 and she's given consideration to taking the vaccine have been she's very influenced by her two older sisters, her two older brothers not going to get the jab. And I, I did the math. I did the math for the number of people that are 30 and under in the US and I divided that into the number of people who died with covid, total number. And the number was 0. 0.0005. So point and then four zeros and mm-hmm. then a 5. Mm-hmm. That's that's like you, have right. a, you there, there. It's, that would be so far down on all-cause mortality. In other words, you have a better chance of being hit by a uh, uh, lightning. You have a better chance of drowning. You have a better chance of uh, dying in a car accident. I'm um, higher, much higher. You have a better chance of being, if you live in certain urban areas, you have a better chance of being shot. Right. And yet people are getting vaccinated for this thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the reason is they're trying to massage the children into thinking this is normal. It's normal yes. to get vaccinated for, That's we don't know it. why, Definitely. so that when they grow up, because one of the hardest things in the world to do, I've always said that Albert Einstein was a really smart guy, but he was wrong about one thing. I actually think he was wrong about a couple, of relatively things. and a few other things. <laughs> but he famously said general, the greatest theory. force on earth is compound interest. And I think the greatest force on earth is peer pressure. Now, most people walking around today think, oh, peer pressure is something that happened in junior high, maybe high school if you were kind of insecure. No, no. We all have succumbed to peer pressure. We all have people we want to be have the approval of, whether it's our extended family, whether it's the people at church, or the people at, at work, or, or your friends on Facebook, God forbid, but, uh, we all want approval. It is a rare person indeed that can go and swim against the current. Now I happen to be one of those people and it's, it's very anxiety. Uh, it brings a lot of anxiety. I have to tell you when I got thrown out of stores in 2020 for not wearing a mask, I had done my research and I knew masks did not do anything. Every scientific journal in the world, JAMA, New England Journal of Medicine, uh, the one at the London, uh, Lancet. 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 They all had articles in the winter of 2019 and 2020 that were on masks, and they all basically said the same four things. Uh, Masks should be worn by people who are sick with certain respiratory viruses when they're around others. Masks should be worn by certain health individuals or health uh, uh, workers in very limited environments. And I forget one other one. And then, oh, those during a pandemic, those who are at highest risk for if they catch the whatever's the pandemic of getting uh, very sick and dying and then the fourth line always said healthy individuals should not wear masks and that was in march or april of 2020 and by may every one of them had come out and basically denied turned, it flipped it and here's the the weird part not the weird part it makes sense in the first articles that said the truth about masks, they were all well-sourced with research, links to studies, links to evidence, and so on. But the ones that came out in May were nothing more than, a, excuse my French, freaking opinion pieces. They didn't have any research to link to because there wasn't any. So, so my point about anxiety is it's very hard. I've, I have been through Denver International Airport, I don't know, half dozen, maybe eight times in the last six months. Either walking my mom to the, uh, to the gate because she's got dementia or, or myself and my wife flying or whatever. And DIA is like, I don't know, 12th busiest airport in the world, some number like that. And I am the only person not wearing a mask at that airport. Mm-hmm. The only one. I can't believe they don't stop you because, of course, it's a federal law I have for never airports. Been stopped. The only time is when I'm going through TSA, the guy at the beginning of the line says, you got a mask? And I'm like, sure, I do. He goes, well, you know, you're going to have to put it on. I said, yep, I will. And then when you get there and they look at your license, they look at my face. I pretend to kind of put the mask around my ears. I walk over. I wear it while I'm in the little do wiki where you put your hands over your head. And as soon as I'm out of that, I take it off, put it in my pocket or in the trash. And I never I've never been stopped by anyone. And. That's right. I, I mean, I, I was there the, day, was oh, there, the day. before. I was there the day before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. one of the busiest travel wow. days of the year. Place was packed, and I couldn't find another face to look at.
0: And as I know, long it's as people so go along,
1: we're we're not going to be able to shake it. They're just I walked in the store
0: yesterday without a mask. And I was like, oh, I don't have a mask on. Eventually, I, I I saw a guy was like, he was covered. He looked like he was part of Spec Ops or something. It was just, or, you know, I don't even know. Where Where
1: do you live? What part uh, of, where you? I,
0: I live in the Pacific Northwest in an unnamed location in okay. a bunker.
1: But still, you live in a pretty blue area. Oh, yeah. let see. Even, but the the thing that scares me is I live in one of the reddest counties in Colorado and one of the reddest counties in America. Mm-hmm. It's not El Paso County, but close. And I I say the number of people wearing masks has increased. It was down to about 15% in the grocery store for a while there. And now with all this nonsense on Omicron, it's back up to 75%. Seriously. Wow. And, and here's here's the way you know it's peer pressure. People most people don't believe these masks do anything. Right. That's I mean, because you see I, them I do you it. see them wearing you see them wearing a mesh mask that's filthy. Yes. And if they wear it like a chin strap. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> they're not doing it for health reasons. Yeah. They're doing it to be part of the crowd. They want to they want to make sure that everybody knows, "Hey, I'm cool. I'm not going to threaten anybody." I mean, you're wearing a mask that's gray from yep. filth, you yeah. Know? yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually had to wipe mine off. I, we have to jump ahead because there's a period at which we probably should wrap, but I cuz I know you're going to riff on this, okay?
1: So I don't play the guitar.
0: Barstool Sports okay. comes up with a list that they trolled everyone with on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And it is the top 10 male singers of all time they claim. Here's their list and you tell me if it's right. Number 1 Elvis Presley, number 2 Michael Jackson. These are for the singers, right? No. Jesse McCartney, Frank, si- yeah, exactly. Frank's, I know who Jesse McCartney is, but even Jesse McCartney would go, What are you talking about? What is she that? Frank Sinatra? she Yeah, he's cute, cute blonde. He was Justin Bieber before, well, he's not really, but I mean, he was sort of that heartthrob, you know, the boy guy but anyway justin bieber's not on here either uh frank sinatra otis redding adam lambert ryan cabrera stevie wonder chase hudson i don't even who's chase hudson and bob dylan now bob dylan is one of the worst singers ever michael jackson not a great singer
1: great entertainer but not a great singer so i made a quick list i just off the top of my head made a list of people that had really great voices and i and in due deference, just in humility, I'm, I'm one of the most humble people I know. I did not include myself on the list, okay? I oh, okay. could have, but I didn't. Um, George Jones. George Jones, for those who haven't ever listened to him, go uh, go to Spotify or Pandora and listen to a couple of George Jones songs. Uh, his range was off the charts. He could go way down bass, and he could go all the way to, to, to Soprano. The guy okay. was wow. amazing. Wow. All right. Another one that was just had the most beautiful spot on voice was Glenn Campbell. Okay. Those are just a couple of country guys. Vince Gill's another one I thought of. Yeah. He's got you a can't, nice voice. You, you can't leave any list of great singers off without Tom Jones, the world's most famous Welshman, the chairman of the board, Frank, but also a guy named Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean had a very very really foolish voice. Oh, gosh, Jimmy Dean sausage guys. That's yes, exactly that right. guy exactly. Don Williams is another one. He's the one that that had a hit with "Living on Tulsa Time." He had a very low baritone voice. Huh. Um, Ronnie Milsap in rock, obviously Freddie Mercury would be oh. right there with yeah. George Jones. Where's that for, guy? Yeah, he's <laughs> he is the best <laughs> rock male singer. Um, uh, let's see. Another guy that's forgotten but had a beautiful voice and could do really interesting things with his voice was Roy Orbison. Yes, definitely. He, he could do some really off the charts thing. Then you've got Marvin Gaye and Ray yes. Charles over on the R&B side. Yes. Um, Al Green. Um, I just read a short biography of Barry White yesterday. It was pretty interesting. Ooh. He died. Way too young. He had a wonderful voice. My a, my
0: uh, son's mother, who is she, she wait, lives in Mexico. Your and, son's mother, I mean my um, my son-in-law's mother. Yeah. Okay. Well Sorry. Because I mean, your son's mother. I think I'm talking to her. She's my consuegra. Um. Okay. So she uh loves Barry White. She's just has just gone Gaga, and he was not probably even her era at all. But right. uh. But she just absolutely, she's mad for him. She's absolutely mad for him. I just find that so
1: refreshing and hilarious. You know, right. another uh, another guy like him is a guy named Isaac Hayes. Oh, yes. Isaac Hayes had a bit, he had bit parts in, uh, South Park. in Rockford Files. South well, Park. Also Rockford Files. <laughs> and Lou, Lou Rawls is another one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you can't leave Robert Plant off the list. Of course I mean, course Singer not. for Led Zeppelin. Yes. He was crazy. Um, but anyway, I thought uh, the list was that list was a joke. I, I don't I, I mean, I'm fairly well read. I mean, I read and listen to a lot and know a lot of music. And I didn't know five of the people to the 10 people on the list. So
0: yeah, I, I mean, Ryan, if, if these Ryan Cabrera, Adam Lambert, those are all people from the television yeah. show, uh, American Idol. Well, and it's. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they. Have, I mean, I know they have fine voices, but I'm sorry. Um, hmm.
1: Je- I mean, honestly, I mean, so that's yeah. that's your list, then. I mean, that's
0: a pretty darn well, good it's, list. It's
1: it's like it's like saying, "Who's the greatest quarterback of all time?" I mean, it's not Tom Brady. I mean, let's just be honest, because he's what? a cheater but it, um. it could be anybody else it could be Montana it could be Elway could be Patrick Mahomes but not Tom Brady but you just can't you got to, in an era you know you got Johnny Unitas right you have to do it got, an era be, be, before yeah. Johnny Unitas it was Sammy Baugh you know the center the 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 center used to come up and tell the linebacker Mr. Baugh is going to pass again basically saying <laughs> you know try and stop him the same way that that uh the famous story about Ted Williams, <laughs> arguably the greatest hitter of all time, yeah. is that um, when a catcher would say, Hey, you're Tony you know, Gwyn. that was a strike, uh, Tony Gwynn was, he in the top 200 probably. Oh, stop. I'm, oh, I'm you stop that. Top, no, Tony Gwynn. He Tony is my Gwynn. idol. No, he was a great player he a better human being. Yeah, and a better human being. And Tony Gwynn Jr. is responsible for allowing the Colorado Rockies to make it to the playoffs and get to the World Series in 2007 because it was Tony Gwynn Jr. who was at the plate in Milwaukee who hit a double to score the winning run against the Padres. Mm-hmm. And it forced the Padres to come to Denver to Holy play a play game. The the Rockies won 22 of 23 in that uh, last 23 games of the season. I went to the playoff, the play-in game against the Padres at Coors Field. It went 14 innings, Mm -hmm. had numerous uh, uh, score changes. Rockies won it, and they went on to be swept by the Red Sox in four.
0: Yes, I do remember that. Sorry, I remember everything. Yeah, well, that's great. So you're, you're, not only are you an autodidact, but you are a man who has a photographic memory
1: or whatever. I don't know what you... I do not work on cars, but whatever you say. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well,
0: this has been fun, Mark. We have to do it again.
1: Sure appreciate I, your time. I, I had a blast. And, and I want you to know I got great feedback when you were on my show. And so hopefully you'll get the same kind of positive feedback uh, from your listeners.
0: Excellent. Now stay right there. Um I just want to say thank you once again and uh, thank you for coming on the Adults in the Room podcast. Now hold there for just hey, a second. Can I can I give one plug? Sure, of course. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to be
1: starting I'm going to be starting a Substack shortly. I'm going to need to get some help with the technology part of it as you probably know. <laughs> But I think I'm going to be under... I'll have some catchy name, but my name on the podcast will be... Or the, the substack will be Mark, middle initial S, as in Sam Griffith. Mark S. Griffith. All There's right. some other Mark Griffiths out there. Some singer in Seattle has got the webcat, the website, markgriffith.com. Mm. So I've always gone with my middle initial, which is Shannon. I'm have a I'm an Irishman. So anyway, so in the next couple of weeks... If your listeners are interested in coming to see what I have to say, um, I am very well read. I have a great memory and I write about interesting things. I do bring God into the conversation as often as I can.
0: Mark, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app. Every time you listen and give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to one Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time. Mischief managed. Rise up.